Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Sometimes we get things backwards. Sometimes we have things inside out. I've got a humiliating story that I experienced on Friday night. And I didn't even realize how humiliated I was <laughs> until after it happened. We're going to take a look at not looking at things inside out, but getting things right from the inside out. Today in Sound Insight, we're going to talk about piety and the four last things. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I love you and I thank you, Father, for having created me. In Jesus' holy name, I approach you as Abba, Father, for you have us in your hands, in our hearts, in your heart. And Father, you have us here for a reason. And I thank you for that. I ask that your Holy Spirit would bless each and all of those who are listening to me right now. And Lord, in this time of Thanksgiving, give us the grace to have grateful hearts, the grace to always be um, open to, to acknowledge you, Lord, in all of the good things that you pour into our lives. I praise you and I thank you for that. Father, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so first of all, an embarrassing story. I said it was humiliating. Oh, it was more embarrassing than humiliating. And then from there, I want to talk about piety. Piety is one of those seven spiritual gifts, right? The sevenfold gifts given at baptism, increased at confirmation, and therefore, that gift, piety, one of those gifts, it's alive in you. And we're going to just discuss over the course of the program today how important that gift is, especially as it concerns the season that we're in right now, the liturgical season we're in right now, as we end ordinary time and we uh, approach the end of the liturgical year. It's the time where we traditionally focus on the end of all things, the end of our own lives and the end of uh, life itself, when, when we die and then we face death, judgment, and either heaven or hell. So realizing what's at stake in our lives. So you can see that's going to connect to the, the gift of piety. Well, if you don't, you, you'll see shortly. Okay. Okay, let's start with the embarrassing story. And it goes back to Friday night. So Friday night, we, Carrie and I, are holding our uh, married couples group. We are focusing on the book. Well, I should say focused. We finished covering the book Interior Freedom by Father Jacques Philippe. And 
it, it was a wonderful conversation. We've had some really beautiful conversations. And I think that these kind of groups, they can be so helpful, brothers and sisters, to be able to come together in a group where you can have a great conversation to enrich your own walk in faith by learning together, sharing together, being open to listen and share. It was very powerful. It was really one of the, I think Carrie and I might have talked about it. It was really one of the the best groups we've ever been a part of, in part because of the, well, I would say in in large measure, because of the uh, willingness to share. I was going to use the word vulnerability, but I know some folks kind of get triggered by that word. But the openness to share, honestly, genuinely, about what's going on in their lives. And especially when you have guys being willing to do that, it's very powerful. It can be very impactful. Okay. So what was the humiliating part? Well, uh, I when, when folks started to arrive, I quickly ran into our bedroom. I, I was doing some cleaning and I, I had on a sweatshirt and I wanted to put on something a little bit more presentable. So I have a long sleeve black shirt. So quickly, just people are arriving, went in, changed my shirt, came out, sat down, and started facilitating the evening in my black collared shirt. Uh, it's so, it's a soft cloth collar, like a polo shirt, and long sleeve. <laughs> uh, anybody going to guess uh, what would happen here? Okay. So I didn't realize it till after everybody left about three hours later. Everybody's gone. Carrie and I are cleaning up the kitchen. And she starts laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? She says, Tom, your shirt was on inside out <laughs> the whole evening. Oh, okay. That's pretty embarrassing. Do you know how many evenings I've facilitated and, and events that I've done? And I, I don't think I've ever done that before. Uh, maybe one other time in 35 years. But let's just say that was pretty embarrassing. Oh, humbling, right? It was it was humbling. But you know what? I got dear friends here and none of them called it out. Even as a even to be funny, they they had enough kindness not to <laughs> not to tell me. All right. Uh you know, if that's the only thing I have inside out in my life, you know, if, I, if I'm going about it the wrong way, completely the opposite way, if I got things completely reversed, if the worst thing I've got going on is that my, my shirt is inside out, I got a pretty good life. Got a pretty good life going on. What we don't want to have inside out, backwards, are more important things, more fundamental things, things that, that, that impact the most important relationships we have, or really even the totality of our lives. And so what would that look like? What about we have these gifts and talents, this time that God has given to us on earth to live this one life we get to live. And He's given us talents and abilities, connections and relationships. He's given us opportunities educationally through family, through friends, through, through, the, through the flow of our lives. He has given us a certain amount of wealth 
And with all of those goods, all of those goods, we invest them, we use them in ways that are apart from, opposed to, completely separated from the reason for which God gave them to us. That's something we don't want to get inside out. That's something that we don't want to get backwards. And, and that's just the goods that God has put into our hands, right? It's like, oh, I, I wasted money. I wasted the use of those gifts. I wasted time, that precious treasure that you can never gain back. You can gain back money. You can, you can reroute gifts. But time, whoa, you, you, there's no getting that back. I was listening to a podcast last night, helping me to try to go to sleep. And the, the two hosts, the host and, and her occasional co-host were talking and they were marveling at the opportunity that a podcast gives, the, a platform to be able to have two people speak and bring a message out, potentially having the ability to impact people around the world. And they were talking about, for instance, a letter written by St. Catherine of Siena to a pope in uh, Avignon, a pope who was not, he had, he had fled Rome and, and, and needed to go back to Rome. And St. Catherine was saying, I wish I could be with you in person so that you would catch the, the full, uh, now this is me kind of summarizing, right, or, 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 or um uh, simplifying what she was saying. She was basically saying, look, I wish I was there because then you could look me in the eyes. You could see the the, the, the strength of my voice, the energy that I have, the, the passion I have for you. Move, do this. What are you doing in Avignon? Get back to Rome. And instead she had to put it into a letter and send that letter off and it would take a long time. Right? You see where all this is going. Right? The immediacy of technology today, radio, television, and the internet gives you the ability to reach the whole world. What a stewardship. And I was convicted. I was convicted in a, in a new way. I was, I was convicted in a new way that the Lord has given me a capacity and a background and experience with using the internet as a platform to have the gospel reach to the ends of the earth. And what am I doing with it? There's a stewardship there. There's a gift there. What am I doing with it? And so... I don't have an answer, but over the course of Thanksgiving, over the course of these days where we're approaching the Feast of Christ the King and where we're approaching death, judgment, heaven, and hell as points of reflection, the four last things. These are the four last things for my life, too. I better be paying attention. That's something I don't want to get inside out. That is something I don't want to get backwards. A t-shirt, a, you know, polo shirt, yeah, and giving a talk on a Friday night, but I don't want to miss the bigger deal of what it was the Lord has put me on earth for. Okay, now let's even go out wider. Let's go out wider. And now let's talk about the totality of your life. You might miss out on being a steward of, of one of the gifts God's given you. Uh, you know, Like I talked about the platform of the internet and the ability to use it. But what about the whole of your life? 
God put you here to become a saint. That's why God put you here, to become holy, to fulfill his purpose. That, that is to become a saint, become holy through the God-given mission for which he created you. There's a divine purpose for your life. A divine purpose for your life. Are you aware of that? I don't want to get to the end of my life. We, my brothers and sisters, we are going to get to the end of our lives. We are. And at the end of our lives, we're going to face Jesus Christ, our judge. I'm going to look him in the eyes. I'm going to fall down at his feet. And I am looking for that merciful judge, that merciful judge to bridge the gap between the life that I've lived and the life he made me for. Did you catch that? That theologians have speculated or attempted to come up with a way of, of just like coming up with a way to, to give our minds a conception of what judgment will consist of. And we can think of, you know, there's St. Peter with the book, he opens it up, and here are all your deeds, here are your sins, kind of Santa Claus, naughty and nice, here's the list. No. <laughs> no. And I think we can maybe in a, in, in a kind of simplistic way, I'm not saying it's incorrect, but it's simplistic, talk about heaven and uh, talk about judgment simply as a matter of are you in mortal sin, venial sin, or have you been forgiven your sins? And let's hope to God that you're not in mortal sin because you'll be cut off from God forever and you'll be in hell. Venial sins, okay, well, you'll make it to purgatory. Or if you have experienced this tremendous act of God's mercy and you have uh, been completely prepared and purged and, and, and completely all the, the guilt that, that still remains or, or the damage that still remains has been remitted for you. You enter right to heaven. You're a martyr or whatever. Yeah, I, I, that's, it's, it's, we can say it's correct, but is it complete? No, no. In terms of complete, we're missing the bigger picture. And, and the bigger picture is did you do with the life, the one life you have, what God intended you to do? Are you doing, are you doing, right now, right now, let's not talk about did you, are you fulfilling God's purpose for your life that he created you for right now? Worth asking. This is that time of year where it's worth contemplating. Take some time and reflect on it. If you need help. You need help reflecting on it. I will encourage you to read Preparation for Death by St. Alphonsus de Liguori. Now, I'll put a little, let me say that again. Read Preparation for Death during the day <laughs> when it's light out. Read Preparation for Death. And maybe do so when you have some time to get ready to go to confession and confession is at hand. Because that book will, you remember the ice bucket challenge, right? They put that bucket of ice on you. Yeah, that, that book will wake us up to what's at stake in the, in the course of our whole lives. All right. Now, with that as a baseline, well, what do we do about it? Okay, how do we 
gain new consciousness, new awareness, new insight into living a life that is worthy for the calling that we have received. How do we, what's the gift, what's the grace that God gives to us to help stir into flame this consciousness, this way of looking at things that will help us always remember in whose light we walk day to day, who gazes upon us day to day. It's the gift of piety. It's the spiritual gift, and it's in you. And I'm going to pray today. I'm going to share a little bit of insight into piety and pray that it gets stirred into flame in your regard and in mine. First, we have a break, and then back to Sound Insight and Piety. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. So today on the program, we are reflecting on the, well, living with our eyes wide open, living in the light of God, living in the sight of heaven, and having a vibrant and vital awareness of that so that we don't waste our lives, we don't ruin our lives on things that just don't matter, and that, in fact, we can hear a proper call to convert, a true and real call to conversion, so that we will honor the Lord our God more fully today and tomorrow and in the time that remains. And so I mentioned just before the break about the gift of piety. So yesterday, as I got up to pray in the morning, I got diverted away from praying the Liturgy of the Hours. Isn't that interesting? And I would normally not do that. I would normally just sort of stay the course and say, oh, I'm picking out a book that is just attractive to me, and it's just going to stop me from praying. But I'm familiar enough with the book that I know that there'll be a nugget or two or three or four of, of pure golden insight that will be a blessing to me. And now, well, by the way, I'm hoping it's going to be a blessing to you. So what happened was I was going, uh, getting my cup of coffee before I sat down for my prayer time. And on my bookshelf, I saw this book by Abraham Heschel. Abraham Heschel, a Hasidic Jewish rabbi. He uh, came through the Second World War, and he died, I think, in the early 70s. And uh, he wrote a number of books, but the book that I am going to mention here is called Man is Not Alone. It's a philosophy of religion. Man is not alone. His writing style is full of insight. 
it, it it's it's incredible the impact that his writings have had on my life. I was taught about him in my course on the human person by that same father, Mark Noonan. I mentioned him, and I, I think I mentioned Abraham Heschel, in fact, a few weeks back when I was talking about being thankful for the the holy men and women God has put in my life to help shape and mold me. So, saw the book, and I something inside of me just popped. Something popped. There was this nudge that said, pick up that book, read that book for your prayer time. So let your prayer flow from reading this book rather than reading the Liturgy of the Hours. Now you have to realize, again, this is not my standard practice. I would have put something like this after a time of do the Liturgy of the Hours, sit quietly, and then do some spiritual reading. But something inside of me was enough, I was sensitized enough to say, okay, I, I do feel, I do have, not just a feeling, but like I have this spiritual feeling that this is what the Lord wants from me. Do you ever get that? Does that ever happen to you? I'm going to encourage you to, to let the Lord begin to train you, disciple you, right? Teach you to become more refined in your own inner sense of responding to a prompting that comes from God. Not just from you or or from the devil or from lunch, right? <laughs> but you know, some, you know, some, some quiet, still voice that just prompts you. And that prompting might be to call somebody, maybe to pray for someone, maybe to let go of something, like let go of a thought, let go of, of, of a fear, let go of an emotion, let go of a situation, or, or put down what you're doing and sit still, right? It could be any one of the, or it could be get up and go, go do something. So discernment, to, to distinguish the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your heart is something that you need to grow in, and you do it by acting, by taking an action. And if I took this action and took the book and replaced the prayer and read through it and just kind of dragged along and nothing really jumped out at me, then I would have said, oh, that's just, that was just me. That wasn't the Lord. And I would have a little bit more of an insight, a little more refined awareness that, oh, when, when I sense a prompting like that, that's not actually God. That's me. So that's one of these rules of discernment and rules of the spiritual life is that you'll grow in your maturity of discernment by actually attempting to discern and follow what you've discerned. Make sense? Okay. So with that said, the okay, it's a book that's 300 pages long. So I'm like, okay, well, what part of this book am I supposed to go to? So I just opened it up towards the very end. And the part I opened up to was on a chapter that is on the virtue of piety. It's, the chapter is called The Pious Man. The Pious Man. Again, the book is called Man is Not Alone, A Philosophy of Religion by Abraham Heschel, S-H-E-S-C-H-E-L. And so I'm just going to read to you the page that I opened to because it confirmed something that happened to me on Sunday evening at Mass at the cathedral. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, 
So here it is. Here's the section, and it's on the question of piety. What is piety? Right? So I mentioned to you, piety is one of the seven spiritual gifts. It's called the sevenfold gifts, or the sevenfold gifting that God pours into our lives at baptism. So those gifts live in our soul. They live in our lives, right? Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, right judgment, courage, piety, fear of the Lord, right? Those seven gifts. And so uh, piety, the way that I thought of it, was always connected to the capacity to recognize and respond appropriately to holiness, to holy objects, holy things, holy places, holy people, and ultimately to God himself. So the pious person is the one who has a proper sense of devotion and can properly revere, respond correctly to the manifestation of holiness in people, places, things, offices, moments, right? Stuff like that. Okay. And and is that wrong? No, that's correct. That's actually good Catholic theology, Catholic moral theology and the and the gifts of the Spirit. Wonderful. But the way that Abraham Heschel talked about it, it just went so much further. And it's so beautiful. So I'm just let me read it to you and I, I want to share with you a couple of reflections. And I want you to to tie them back. Tie them back to what I was saying in the first part of the program, which was about this idea of how am I living my life? How do I live my life in a way, how do I improve that sense of living my life so that it's not a waste, right? In any individual facet of my life, or the time, talent, treasure that I have, or the totality of my life, I don't want to waste it. And I'm saying piety is a solution. It's, it's part of what God does to equip us with the grace we need to live a godly life. Okay. The only life worth living is this section. Piety, now I'm reading Heschel here, piety points to something beyond itself. As it works in the inner life, it keeps ever referring us to something that transcends man, something that goes beyond the present instant, something that surmounts what is visible and available. Okay, so he's beginning with this idea that piety, it finds its root on the inside. Remember, we don't want to do things inside out in the wrong way, like, oh, I got it backwards. No, we want to do things from the inner life out, from, from the, the true depths of life within, move from there out to the rest of life. And he, Heschel, identifies correctly with our biblical and and Christian tradition that the more deeply you go within yourself, the more deep into the core of your soul, the more that you'll go beyond yourself, transcend not just yourself, but the very world that God has created. And when you can encounter the God who is beyond the world that you've encountered from within the core of your being, it'll impact how you see everything else around you all that is visible, all that is available. And so he says, steadily preventing man from immersing himself in sensation or ambition, piety stands staunchly 
as the champion of something more important than interest and desires, than passion or career. So piety is going to give us an entirely different outlook on everything that we encounter in our lives, but even all of the experiences, all of the pleasures, all of those things that we're attempted to, here it is, lose yourself in those things, immerse yourself in those things. But if you're going to immerse yourself in something that is outside yourself, you got it backwards. You're doing things inside out. You're getting it incorrectly. Piety is going to say, no, 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 no. You won't properly associate yourself to all of those things that you're experiencing in your external life, in your visible life, the the things that are available to you going out into the world, unless you go within yourself. Unless you go deeper within, piety is going to help you properly experience the reality of immersion. You immerse yourself more deeply within yourself into God, and that will allow you to properly relate yourself to the things around you that you might be tempted to immerse yourself in, like ambition, career, uh, other experiences and desires and interests, passions that are around us. Heschel goes on, while not denying the charm and beauty of the world, the pious man realizes that life takes place under wide horizons. Horizons that range beyond the span of an individual life, or even the life of a nation, of a generation, or even of an error. His sight perceives something indicative of the divine. In the small things, he senses the significant. In the common and the simple, he senses the ultimate. In the rush of the passing, he feels the stillness of the eternal. Isn't that powerful? I'm hoping that you're, you're capturing that. The pious man, the pious person's sight, perceives, sees something that indicates, that points to the divine, to God, to the holy. And in small things, we can see something and sense something magnificent, significant, beyond the ordinary. In the common and the simple, he senses the ultimate. In the rush of the passing, he feels the stillness of the eternal. Now, there's no way we're going to be able to do that, brothers and sisters, of the world around us that is so magnetically pulling us out, out of ourselves towards it, unless we can recover that light of faith that will take us on the journey in. Okay. So, to continue, to those who adhere to it, piety is compliance with destiny. I love that phrase. To those who adhere to it, piety is compliance with destiny. The only life worth living, the only course of life, that does not eventually throw man into bestial chaos. Wow, man, that was like a mic drop sentence right there. Piety is compliance with destiny. (laughs) Let 
we translate that into the Catholic moment in which we're living in the liturgical life. We're here at the end of the liturgical season. We're reflecting on the four last things. It's eschatology. It's the study, the pondering, the reflecting upon the four last things, not just in and of themselves, but as they connect to our lives. What is our destiny? Piety is compliance with destiny. Our destiny is to die, to be judged, and to face our maker and hopefully face it in a state of grace where we reach our ultimate vocations, fulfillment, heaven. And we don't miss everything. We don't just get some little thing wrong. We get it all wrong, radically wrong, terribly, tragically wrong, terrifyingly wrong, horrifically wrong, hell, unendingly wrong. Do you sense what's at stake? You don't. You just don't. I don't. We don't live day to day as if that's what's at stake in our lives today. To those who adhere to it, piety is compliance with destiny, the only life worth living. The only course of life that does not eventually throw man into bestial chaos. What's he saying? You go out into the world, you immerse yourselves in the things of the world, the satisfying opportunities, the ambition, the stuff, the the careers, the, the goods of this world that are so charming and beautiful. If we immerse ourselves in them, it eventually throws us into bestial chaos. It's not a life worth living. Visibly, it might be bring fame and fortune and power. It might bring the, the laud and the applause of the world. But on the inside, it eventually throws us into bestial chaos. We want to live a life that's compliant with destiny. When we come back, Heschel's going to continue to teach us more about living a pious life. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. All right, aren't you glad that when I got up yesterday morning for prayer and I passed by my bookshelf and this book just kind of jumped off the shelf, not literally, but something, my attention was oriented towards it, that I, that I, I grabbed it, I went with it. I didn't say, ah, nah, it's just me. Isn't this amazing stuff? This is gold. It was hiding on my shelf. And I'd read the book before, but phew, 20, yeah, over 20 years ago, I read this book. I don't think, I, I mean, I've kind of flipped through it now and again, but uh, I haven't read this. And, and certainly I didn't read this in the way that I'm reading it right now at this moment in my life. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus, for doing things like this, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you love us this much, that you somehow were able to break through my deafness to grab my attention, to get me to this book, to get me to this page, to get me to reflect and give me these insights and give me a platform, an opportunity to share this because there is a dear, sweet brother, brothers and sisters out there who are blessed because, Lord, you wanted them to hear this. You wanted them to know this. You wanted this to, to be a blessing to them. And you know what? I, it's funny. Yes, yesterday, today, I'm praying for Abraham Heschel. I'm praying for him if he's in purgatory, and I'm asking for his prayers. I'm asking for his, I'm asking him to intercede. I figure I got him all to myself. <laughs> I don't know how many Jewish people are asking for intercession of saints uh, and someone like Abraham Heschel, but I ain't shy. I've actually been, I've prayed for him and asked him for prayers for a lot of years. Yeah, probably more than 25. Anyways, um, back to the back to the point here. We're talking about piety and how piety is like it's shining a light. So let's let 
Abraham Heschel continued to teach us about living a pious life. Remember now, this gift's in you. It's not like this is foreign. If it's foreign or awkward or, or, or different, it's that this gift needs to be unwrapped. It's this gift needs to be unleashed. It's this grace needs to be inflamed. And we're going to pray for that in just a few minutes. Okay. Piety, back to Heschel, piety is thus a mode of living. It's a whole way of life. It is the orientation of human inwardness toward the holy. It is a predominant interest in the ultimate value of all acts, feelings, and thoughts. With his heart open to and attracted by some spiritual gravitation, the pious person moves, as it were, toward the center of a universal stillness. And our conscience is so placed as to listen to the voice of God. Man, that's cool. You can see how if we can live from the gift of piety, from that gift, that gift inflamed in us, we're now letting that color the totality of our experience of life day to day. Everything. Everything that you see, every person you meet, everything you experience, you have a pious set of eyes looking upon it, referencing it, connecting to it, seeing it in the light of God, seeing it in the light of heaven, seeing it in the light of the divine. Lord, I'm sensing you here. Lord, help me to see you here. Piety is thus a mode of living. It is the orientation of human inwardness, right? So it begins going in. We get this inside out, right? We're getting it backwards because we're not going inside. We're not living from the inside out. That's what we get backwards. Forget the shirt. We got to get our whole lives turned right side in. We got to get the right orientation inward so that piety will be inflamed so that we can live our lives outward. Piety says a mode of living is the orientation of human inwardness toward the holy, toward the divine, toward God. It's the predominant interest in the ultimate value of all acts, feeling, and thoughts. Not just the present value, not just the momentary value, not just the practical value, not just the, the here and now uh, uh, application of these things. No, the ultimate value. How do these all connect to God? How do these all connect to my call to be holy and live out the God-given mission that is mine? Right? Piety does that. With our hearts open to and attracted by some spiritual gravitation. Oh, again, what a beautiful metaphor that we're magnetically drawn, we're gravitationally drawn towards God himself, towards what is holy, and the totality of our lived experience. The pious person moves, as it were, towards the center of a universal stillness, meaning all kinds of things are going on around you. All kinds of happenings are happening. All kinds of people saying stuff, doing stuff, all that stuff happening. And you know what? God's in the middle. God's there. God's at work. I sense and see God. Focus on that. Uh, towards the universe, and his conscience is so placed as to listen to the voice of God. There we go, conscience, right? So conscience is the voice of God within. And, and again, what's discernment? Discernment is sensing. What's the voice of God asking of me? And I do that. All right, last paragraph. 
And I'm just reading, literally, <laughs> this, is, this is just one page, right? From the middle of 277 to the close to the bottom of 278. And it's big writing, and the book's not that big. <laughs> but this is game-changing stuff here. All right, here we are. Last section. Every person's life is dominated by certain interests and is essentially determined by the aspiration toward those things which matter to him the most. Let me make this personal to you. Your life is dominated by certain interests and is essentially determined by the aspiration toward those things which matter to you most. I'm going to make it personal as an I statement. My life is dominated by certain interests and is essentially determined by the aspiration toward those things which matter to me most. Well, what's the pious man concerned about the most? What's the pious man aspiring towards? One sentence. Here it is. The pious person's main interest is concern for the concern of God, which thus becomes the driving force controlling the course of his actions and decisions, molding his aspirations and behavior. Wow. Let me say that again. The pious man's main interest is concern for the concern of God which thus becomes the driving force controlling the course of his actions and decisions, molding his aspirations and behavior. I just love that. I mean, the, just that idea that God has this heart of concern, this passionate love for the world which he has created, for those of us whom he has not only created but redeemed, and through the gift of his Holy Spirit, sanctified. And this redeeming and sanctifying work must be brought to bear in this moment into the lives of those we love. Our life first, but into the lives of those we love. The concern of God. The salvation, redemption, and sanctification of the world. The God who created us out of love sustains us out of love. The pious person is passionately concerned about that. If that's our concern, Lord, I, I, I'm concerned about what you're concerned about. I, I think that that's a prayer that we need to pray. I think we need to pray for that. So I'm going to pray Right now, as we, uh, we're coming to the end of this section of the program, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for the gift of piety to be stirred into flame. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name, and I thank you and I praise you for the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that you poured these gifts out to us in our baptism, that they are in our hearts, in our souls, and that they are activated, but you long to stir them into flame and grow them more. Lord, today we feel a conviction. 
we're humbled that we are not as pious as we ought to be. We don't revere you in the totality of how we look upon and relate to and live our lives. And so today, Jesus, I beg you, stir into flame the gift of piety in my heart and in the hearts of all of those who listen and in the hearts of all of those that we love. Lord, make us pious. Make us have a sense of reverent devotion to you. And may that permeate our entire lives. Lord, we are powerless to accomplish this without you, but we look to you with confidence. We believe that you long to make us activated and profoundly pious, even more than we want it. For thus you have given us the gift, lavished it upon us. You've allowed us to continue to have that gift be in our lives. And we pray now, Lord, stir it into flame, a true furnace. Lord, make us a, a furnace of piety in our lives and in our homes and in our church today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It is great to be with you today. So I do very much appreciate you, brothers and sisters. I'm grateful for many things. And I, I'm also grateful that you share the word about Sound Insight. And if you're enjoying this program and you want other folks to be able to enjoy it as well, you have the ability to do that. You can go to mycatholicfaith.org, mycatholicfaith.org. It's the website that hosts the podcast version of Sound Insight. So you go there and then you'll be able to uh, subscribe to the Dr. Tom Curran podcast, which is on uh, Spotify. It is on Apple Podcasts but you'll be able to access it directly as well from the internet by going to mycatholicfaith.org. There you'll also have access to downloadable uh, talks that I've given, series of talks that I've given on various topics associated with the faith, as well as digital version of books on marriage, confession, and the Mass. And so all of that's available for the incredible price of free, no charge to you, just go to mycatholicfaith.org. You can also reach out to me. You can contact me there as well if you wanted to say hello, share any thoughts of yours about the program. I would appreciate that. All right, great. Diving back in, I want to tell you what happened at the cathedral on Sunday night. So Sunday, uh, Sunday night, Sunday, it felt like night. We ended up going to the five o'clock mass on Sunday. Um, I, To be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure why. We had a little bit of a late start that morning and I'm not sure. I don't remember why, but we normally don't go to the five o'clock mass. And one of the things that I realized was we don't go to the five o'clock mass because it is a time of day that it's dark. It's really dark five o'clock now. And, you know, the kids and, and we have been busy during the course of the day. And you know what? We're just a, a bit tired. So we're not that alert. And we're not giving our best energy and attention to God and to the worship of the Lord at Mass. And so driving home, I said to Carrie, I said, Carrie, let's avoid going to the five o'clock Mass, please, if we can. Let's really make a better effort to just say, let's remember how tired we were and how difficult it was for my, our kids and for us to really stay as engaged as we wanted to. And you know, that's actually not much different than what Carrie and I have done throughout our parenting. So one of the things that, this is a word to those of you that have kiddos that you're bringing to Mass, younger kiddos, is choose a time that when you go to Mass is going to be best for your kids, 
sense of uh, like capability to um, be present, to be still, or to be able to be, um, manu- uh, you know, uh, kind of properly guided, um, corrected at Mass as needed. I know that we uh, we went through different stages, Carrie and I, with our kiddos about trying to bring them to the Mass that we enjoyed the most, the, the Mass that was, oh, this is the Mass where most of our friends went, or the Mass where we enjoyed the music ministry the most. But we realized oh, this is not helpful at all because our kids are tired, they're cranky, they're hungry, they're having a really difficult time being still. And it was like, you know what, for now, we're not in the season where we're going to be able to go to that Mass. We're just going to have to go to a different Mass. So don't get discouraged if if the Mass that you've been preferring going to is not really serving your family well, especially with the little kids. Try experimenting a bit experimenting with the time of Mass that would be best for you. However, with that said, the Lord gave me a few gifts at Mass, besides, obviously, the gift of being at Mass and Holy Communion and all of that. But uh, one of the gifts was Father Gaines celebrated Mass, and we enjoy Father Gaines so much. And you know what his homily was on? It was on on the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Ta-da! And uh, as he focused on, he focused on the gift of the fear of the Lord, right? And that's the seventh gift traditionally in the list of the seven gifts. I've been reflecting today on the sixth gift, the gift of piety. However, so that all by itself was a bit of an inspiration. I think that when I saw uh, Man is Not Alone and I opened it up and I saw piety, I immediately thought to, oh, the, the night before at Mass, he was talking about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he talked about the gift of fear of the Lord. So I think that was one of the connecting points. The other connecting point was sitting there in the cathedral in the dark of night, five o'clock. I looked up at the beautiful, incredible stained glass windows. Have you ever been in the Cathedral of Our Lady of Lords in Spokane? Just magnificent stained glass windows. So I'm sitting there gazing upon these beautiful stained glass windows, and they're not beautiful at 5 o'clock at night when it's pitch black outside. All right, you get it, right? You get it. Stained glass windows only work during the day. When there's light outside, when there's bright light, the better. You have a lot of bright light of the sun. Okay, watch it out. I'm going to do a little theology with you here. When there's a light that comes from beyond that breaks into the here and now of where we are, the light that breaks in can reveal a splendor, a glory, a divine beauty that you would not be able to recognize were you not in that place at that time. All right, are you tracking with me? Stained glass windows don't work from the outside. Stained glass windows don't work at night. Stained glass windows only work when you are there in the right place at the right time and the light is shining from the outside and all of a sudden that light that breaks in unveils a beauty, a glory, a majesty that's there but only for those who are in that right space at the right time. 
That's faith. Okay? The theological gift of faith. Do you have faith? Yes. Faith, hope, and love. Those are three theological virtues. They are what are called infused gifts. These infused gifts of the Holy Spirit, faith, hope, and love, they're given to you in baptism. And so these gifts that were given to you in baptism, faith, hope, and love, they do something to the human being who receives them. And so obviously we know that there's in theology what happens when you're baptized, your, your original sin is washed away, personal sins are forgiven, you're made a member of the church, you're elevated into this new status as a child of God. You are recreated. That's what happens in baptism. But when we get down to the particularity of the gift of faith that gives you the capacity to trust and entrust yourself to God, to believe in what he has revealed because he has revealed it and he cannot deceive himself, cannot deceive us because he cannot deceive himself, the gift of faith brings light. It brings what is called lumen fide, the light of faith. So when faith is stirred in you, when your faith is stirred, it's like being in the cathedral during, the sun, during a sunny day. You see things that people don't see if they showed up in that same place at night. And you will see things. You will see incredible, beautiful images, events, holy events displayed, holy saints and God himself displayed on those windows. You will see it, and people on the outside won't. People that are on the inside at night won't. Because for them, the light of faith is not operative. I bring all of that up because piety operates in someone who has a vibrant faith. Piety, the pious soul, is the one who is nurturing their relationship with God in silent prayer. We pursue the Lord in silence because that's how we go within. And as we go within ourselves, as we sit quietly and we uh, open ourselves and we ask the Lord to take us more deeply within ourselves, that it's through that gift of faith that the light of faith is going to light up our lives. It's going to light up our lives and we're going to begin to recognize through the consciousness of piety, a pious awareness of how to interpret the totality of our lives. Ta-da! There it is. That's the gift. So in the mystery of God's plan, he got me to Mass at the cathedral he reconnected me to those themes of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to the stained glass window, to then the next day, picking up this book, getting to piety, and reflecting on the four last things as I was intending to do, but through the lens of piety. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for being involved here. It takes pious eyes to recognize, and it takes a heart full of gratitude to say, thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. I hope this was a blessing to you. God bless your day. 
and join me tomorrow for more sound insight.